This is the Wu Wei Wisdom Podcast, our weekly no-nonsense life lessons aimed to inspire you to master your emotional and spiritual health, achieve balance, harmony, and flow, and rediscover the authentic and awesome you. We're your hosts, David James Lees and Alexandra Lees. This episode comes from our YouTube teaching archives. In this week's video, we're going to be sharing with you another powerful inner child healing exercise. When you begin to work with your inner child, sometimes it can be challenging to know how to get your inner child to open up, to begin to speak to you, and how to guide the conversation with your inner child in a way that is supportive, healthy, and healing for the child. Well, we're going to be explaining three simple yet profound questions you can ask your inner child as part of this process. Okay, so this week's video is a complement to last week's video where we shared with you another inner child healing exercise on the five essential things you need to tell your inner child. So this week, we're going to be talking about the three powerful questions that you need to ask your inner child as part of your inner child work and the inner child dialogue and reparenting that you're doing together. So it's important to say that we believe you should ask your inner child these questions in the order that we're giving them to you because each question builds upon the other. And you'll understand a little bit more as we go through this process. So the first question we suggest that you ask your inner child is, what would you like to tell me? Okay, so this is very important because one of the issues that I find working with my clients as inner child is no one has really listened to them. And even if they have listened to them, they haven't taken any notice of them. So if this relates to you in your childhood, I will almost guarantee you're doing this to yourself. Isn't this strange how we almost repeat the worst things that we dislike the most that happened to us in our childhood? Then we go and do it directly back to ourselves. And I always say, a lot of my clients, they treat themselves much worse than they've ever been treated in their childhood. So when you ask your child, what would you like to tell me? Now the child will suddenly, (laughs) and he might even say, I don't know, I don't know, I've got nothing to tell you. And then you say, okay, okay, darling, remember, I'd always call it a kind of a pet name. Okay, sweetheart, okay, little one. Well, I'll give you a couple of minutes to think about it. And if you don't want to tell me nothing today, I'll ask you again tomorrow. Now the inner child will get very intrigued about this because it's the first time Mm -hmm. that it's been able to be heard, yeah. and you are listening, yeah. and this you don't expect him, don't expect him or her to suddenly start to <laughs> to to stand on the podium and and tell you everything that's going on. And this is part of the healing journey. Mm. And so, as you say, David, this may be the first time that you've ever given your inner child the space to begin to talk to you because in the past you may have ignored it, you may have criticised it, you may have judged it, you may have shunned it, laughed at it, 
just totally brushed it to one side. But now by saying to your inner child, whether it's just sitting very in a quiet meditation with it, or whether it's sitting down, doing some journaling with your inner child, or just having that inner dialogue in your mind, just by asking that question in an open, non-judgmental, genuinely inquisitive way. That's the key, to have that genuinely inquisitive genuinely interested mm. in what your child has got to say not just say well what do you want to tell me then that's not the right way to do it genuinely interested in what it's got to tell you what is it that it's been pulling you know when a child pulls at your, your coat um, mommy daddy mommy daddy and then you're turning around and you're getting down to their level okay okay darling okay little one now, what is it you want to tell me? Mm. What is so important? Because I am all ears now, and I am focusing solely on you. And this is what I would call a meditation. Now you're focusing. And then don't be surprised if first, second, even the third time, he goes, well, I'm not going to tell you now. I'm not going to tell yeah. you. Because that's, that's why I like the analogy of the inner child. Sometimes it acts like... Like an inner child, I can always remember when my children used to come home from school and I say, well, what what have you done today? Nothing. (laughs) So sometimes the child just needs that little bit of help to get it to start to talk. And it's and and as I say, really, it's creating the space so that it knows when it's ready to talk, you're there to listen and you're not going to judge it. And so. And that's what we said on the other video. Do not fall into the trap of CCJing. Do not embarrass it. Do not, but is that all you've got to say? Yeah, yeah. You mean you've been making all this noise, these squealing piglets, and all you've got to say is that? Mm. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Just, you, you know, and you're talking, listen to what it's got to tell mm. you. It's got something very important to share with you and tell, and tell you. And be part of that. And that's what I would call, lots of clients got this name now they call the healing journey and that's what i would call the healing journey Mm. the healing journey is you and your child coming together as one that's the healing for a Taoist, the oneness not the separation Mm. you know i often think about it like two horses pulling a carriage and you don't want the horses pulling apart you want them going in the same direction you want you and your inner child in harmony in flow in balance working together and coming together is the healing. Great. Thank you, David. And so when your inner child begins to talk for the first time, no matter how long that takes, so that may take a few minutes, a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, but you're creating that space, you're waiting patiently, you're ready to listen in an open, non-judgmental way. The first thing the inner child will normally bring you are lots of feelings and emotions. So I feel angry. I feel upset. I feel sad. I feel hurt. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm unloved. I feel like I can't cope. Or it will give you, it's not fair. What happened wasn't fair. It's unjust. I can't let it go. So it's either going to, I mean, this is I guess you've been working with inner child clients now for 40 years, David. This top level stuff, the first things the inner child tell you are normally about how it's feeling or what it believes in terms of, sorry, how it 
is something in just has happened to it. Yeah. So what when the child talks, it will always want to get you talking about emotions. Yeah. And why does it do that? Well, it wants to talk about e- emotions because in a way, for the child, that's very familiar. Mm-hmm. And it keeps you, remember I've talked about that triangle and it wants to keep you on this top level. It yeah. wants to talk about the feelings, how bad the feelings are, how intense they are, how terrible they are, because it's keeping you on this carousel. It doesn't want to go deeper. Yeah. It doesn't want to do the golden <clears throat> thread and get to the core or the yeah. root of the problem. It wants to keep you up on this level. So it normally will say things like, Alex said, I feel scared. I feel I feel like it's too much. I feel overwhelmed. I feel fragile. I feel this. I feel that. I feel the other. Mm. And so this this top level stuff, as you said, it's familiar, but it's not necessarily comfortable. And it's worth saying that. So it can it can be very uncomfortable, very painful, but it is still familiar talking about these things. So that's why the next, the second question you need to ask the inner child, or we suggest you ask your inner child at this point is so important. And that is, why do you think or believe this? So if the inner child says to you, I feel I'm alone, or I feel anxious, or I feel that the world's against me, or I feel what happened to me was unfair, rather than talking and talking and talking about the feelings, which is what the inner child will want to do, because as you've said, David, it's very familiar. What we suggest you ask the inner child at this stage is, why do you think or believe this? So if you've listened to our videos closely, I call it ban the F word. You've got to try and replace the F word because the child will want to take you down the road of the emotions and, and the feelings. You've got to change it to I think, I believe, or I choose. So the best way is when he says, I feel rejected. I'm just picking one. Why do you think you were rejected? I feel unloved. Why do you think you were unloved? Why do you believe you were unloved? And then you can see, it sounds very subtle, but please believe me, this is one of the most powerful steps. The way that I think about it when I'm working with my clients is like a railway line and we come down to a junction. And the client will always want to take you down the feeling road. Oh, I feel vulnerable. I feel frail. I feel whatever, whatever. And you've got to get them down to what do you think? So I think I'm vulnerable. Okay, darling. So why do you believe or why do you think you're vulnerable? Now you're on the golden thread. We've demonstrated this in many of our videos. Just look back through the archives Now you're asking the why question. And this is where you can get down and really help and work with your child. This is where the healing starts to happen. This is where the coming together happens. Believe me, talking endlessly about your emotions, sharing your emotions, will not heal heal at all. Mm. It just puts you onto the carousel going round and around and around. You've got to get to the what do you think, what do you believe? And so, David, I guess what we're saying is that the emotions and feelings that the child is experiencing and that is sharing with you as a result of question one, we are acknowledging them. Yes. But then what we're doing is we are moving beyond them. We're, we're refocusing our attention 
or we're refocusing the child's attention on what are the thoughts and beliefs behind those painful or uncomfortable feelings that it's telling you about. And then what that is doing is following that questioning process and the golden thread process that we teach, it starts to take you and the child down to the core beliefs, to the issues that the child has been holding on to from childhood, to the childhood misunderstandings that it's held locked in tight. And by following the thoughts down to the beliefs, down to those core beliefs and and the lies that we talk about, the three lies, I'm not good enough, I can't cope, I'm unlovable, then you will get to the absolute root of the problem. The life lesson. The life lesson that you need to teach the inner child. Once you take the right fork, the proper Mm. fork, the correct fork, why do you think that? Why do you believe that? Why do you choose that? Then you're on the road to the life lesson. And this is where you've got to be focused, you've got to calm, drop your shoulders, you've got to be in your meditative state, you've got to be genuinely interested, but then you'll get down to the root, as Alex says, the root life lesson that you and the child have to learn. Mm. And I think it's important to say that even these two questions, you could spend a few months with your inner child having a conversation about these and also to be aware that You may try to bring the inner child and direct the inner child towards speaking more about its thoughts and its beliefs, but the inner child will often want to take you back up to the feelings and emotions. And so what then you need to do in a non-judgmental, in a loving and compassionate way, so not losing your patience with the child, is to guide it back to talking about its thoughts and its beliefs because that's the only way that you can work with the inner child to reach that core issue that's been buried from childhood yeah and and that's one of the things that distinguishes our model from from other model we acknowledge the feelings very important but we're saying that the feelings are actually there and we can use them as a help Mm -hmm. to guide us down to the real problems the the feelings are the manifestation of the real problem. Yeah. The feelings, that's why I like to call them red lights. It's like an alarm sounding. The alarm is not the problem. The problem is much deeper. And I use this analogy. If you're driving your car later and the red light alarm comes on your dashboard, the light is not the problem, is it? The problem's in the engine. And that's what we're trying to do. The problem is in the beliefs and the thoughts. And the child doesn't understand this. And this is where you can guide the child. Now, you can't push the child. You can't bully the child. You can't coerce the child. You can't trick the child. You gently lead them down by asking the golden thread crest question. Why? Why do you think that, sweetheart? Why do you think that, little one? Why do you believe that? Where does that come from? And then you're going down and down and down. And then you normally find somebody told them or they they gathered that information about how someone else acted. Mm, Exactly. And so this can be quite intense work, but it's worth the effort. And, And I think really to close off the exercise, whether it's an exercise you're doing with your child in one day, or over a series of days or a series of weeks. Really, we, this is why we put in question three, and that is, what would you like us to do today? Yeah, 
And so this is very important because, as Alex says, if I'm working with a client, as obviously that's where I try my best to share and to help with a client, to ask these questions, to get the, the client down into these beliefs. And this can be very intense and challenging work. And when we're down there and we're starting to understand what the child is saying, remember we are talking to a six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old child. So don't expect them to sit there like some kind of analyst and give you chapter and verse. Well, yeah. they said this and then I did this and then they should have done that and I should have done that. I, it's a child. So if you get down there, you've got to build up that trust with a child. So one day it may want to talk forever. This is what happens with some of our clients, with some of my clients. They'll talk forever. Some days they don't want to talk at all. And then you can think about what I call play. What would you like to do? What really, what do you enjoy doing? And it could be if you're doing this for yourself. They like doing this when they're yeah. going for a walk or yeah, yeah. they like doing this when they're cooking or sewing or or when they're doing artwork or playing music or reading a book or listening. You know, it can be anything. So don't kind of think that that they're caught in the corner type yeah, yeah. thing. And, and also I think there's a, a misunderstanding for a lot of people that inner child work is has to be really heavy, really emotionally draining, really difficult or challenging. What, what we're saying here with this question is really, as well as wanting to have the conversation and the dialogue and the reparenting process with the inner child, it's so vitally important on a daily basis, really, to make your child aware that you want to give time to it for it to do what it wants with you and that you're going to enjoy time with it jump simply for the sake of enjoying time with it. On one of our previous videos, which I'll put a link to, on the inner child types and different types of inner child personalities, we talked about this idea of the playful inner child and how often as adults we can really ignore our inner child and not give it space to just be itself, to express itself freely, to be creative, to be joyful, to be playful, to be inquisitive. Because as adults, we think we need to be very serious. We haven't got time for that. It's silly. But actually asking that question, what would you like us to do today, gives the child the space to say, well, you know what, I'd like to go out and go for a nice walk today, or I'd like to go out and have an ice cream, or I'd like to go out and have some fun with my friends or I'd like to sit down quietly and read a book and it's almost like a self-nurturing exercise that last question but I think what you just said about that fun element I don't know whether I can share this with you because it is very personal with each client but after you've worked and it is very intense and it can be very upsetting for the client as you're trying to go down and go down the barriers and when we get to the child and we start speaking to the child, and then suddenly we can get to a point where we're laughing. And it always seems very strange to me that we're dealing with very important issues. But when we've cleared all of the... Mm, it's like an energy. The energy begins to move. The stuck energy that the I, child's been locking in. And I always know we've made the breakthrough when the client kind of smiles and laughs. And I think to myself, crikey... 
like half an hour ago, the client was crying and now the client's laughing because it's almost like we've... This is the image that I've got. I don't know whether this is a good image or not for you, but it is for me. Do you know when you ever catch a child with their hand in the cookie jar and he goes, it wasn't me, and it's almost like the child realises, well, there's another way. I don't have to do it this way. I have got choices. I have got alternatives. I don't have to do it. As Alex says, I can go and kick some leaves. I can go and have some fun. I don't have to be so intense and thinking about this and protecting myself. It's okay if I get things wrong. In fact, I would say (laughs) you should get things wrong because that's when you learn. But the child is wanting to be perfect, wanting to please, wanting to get validation from other people. It's almost been on the treadmill and on on the treadmill, on the carousel. And then when it realizes... You mean I don't have to do that? No, you don't have to do that. You can speak to me if you want to. You don't have to speak to me. I'm not judging you. You can almost see the weight come lifting off the client's shoulders. And they laugh. And and it always amazes me because I know then the, the model has really worked and we've got a really powerful, profound breakthrough that now the client now can learn to build up a new relationship, a more meaningful and authentic relationship built on trust, honesty and integrity, built on that Shen contract we talked about a few sessions ago. This is very important that you have that relationship with yourself that is meaningful. That is the way that you want it to be. Don't worry about the relationship with other people. Worry about the relationship with you. Brilliant. Thank you, David. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Wu Wei Wisdom Life Lesson. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and please rate and review us to help us grow. If you'd like to work one-to-one with David, He supports clients all over the world every week via video call. You can learn more about David's consultations, plus our online events, offers and gifts on our website, wuweiwisdom.com. You can also meet and share with us in our private Facebook group, on our YouTube channel and on Instagram. Search for Wu Wei Wisdom and you'll find us. Until next time, stay happy, healthy and in your flow.